you for downloading and happiness. Dare to be happy. We are two curious friends that want to explore what makes us happy. In each episode, we will take a topic in alphabetical order and discuss how it relates to and impacts happiness. We will live the experience of each concept through a dare that we set each other and then talk about how it affected our happiness. As well as diving into psychological theories and evidence which supports or contradicts our personal experiences. In other words, in this show, psychology meets play. I'm Kitty Newman, Director of Trapeze Media, a digital marketing agency that leads with social. My company philosophy is based on the importance of play in all our lives and how important it is to be happy at work. I have been obsessed with the circus for a few years, hence the name Trapeze Media, and making time for things like handstands and aerial in amongst the day-to-day challenges that come with running a successful business makes me happy. My name is Claudia Mitura. I'm a work psychologist and learning and development specialist with a purpose to boost happiness in the workplace. I love experimenting and applying scientific research on happiness to my daily ups and downs, or just to prove my other half wrong. I also like to look for happiness in unusual places, so I won't shy away from diving with sharks or starring in a pantomime. Sometimes this gets me in trouble. Hi, Kitty. Hi, Claudia. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Claudia. Are you ready for our episode on wonder and happiness? I am indeed. Wonder is a wonderful thing. (laughs) Or is it? Or is it? Exactly. Aristotle said that the wonder is what led the first philosophers to actually create philosophy. Because philosophers were the ones that were asking questions and were wondering about the world around them. And I found it quite interesting. Definitely. I've actually found this week thinking a lot about philosophy and finding myself pondering all these different questions about how wide your thoughts can go and actually have felt a bit like a philosopher. Brilliant. And how would you define wonder? Well, I've kind of been in a middle ground of thinking about it as quite like daydreaming and letting your imagination run wild and being quite creative in your thought processes and not holding back. And then I've been thinking about it as being problem solving. And so you're wondering about something. You could look at something for quite a while and wonder about how you could get it from one point to another and actually coming up with a solution and actually being quite innovative. I love that definition. I think we can add to it a little bit about our emotions because actually wonder is very complex emotion. Because if you think about it, you have this aspect of curiosity, contemplation, maybe joy, being surprised, being also amazed. It's quite interesting to see that it's such a complex thought process and emotion. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I found it complex too. I've found it challenging. I think the emotion side of it was challenging as I had to force myself to do it. And that's kind of like an internal struggle, I think. I don't know if that's what you mean by the emotional side of it. I had to let go in some cases to really try and get to an end or a goal. And this week when you were asking on those questions, did you identify any specific sources of wonder in your life? Something that brings you a range of these emotions into your life? 
I was definitely drawn to wondering about people and characters and stories. Because when you just mentioned that, and when I start thinking about wonder, a lot of people, I think, wonder around traveling and adventure and kind of where they could go or something like this. But I found myself wondering about people, looking at different people and what if their stories were this. And I wonder where they've just come from or where they're going and thinking about characters and stories, definitely. Oh, I love that. When I was a kid, I used to have a game. When we were driving somewhere long distance, I remember just spotting different cars and different people in the cars. And I used to be making up stories about their life. And that was my game. And I could entertain myself for hours with that. I love that as well. People love to people watch and sit and look at what everybody's doing and daydream about what they're doing in their lives. I actually also realized through this that an episode on Wonder that I'm always really amazed by the human body. Oh, wow, really? I mean, sadly, as everyone else, I will notice my body when I start having pains. Especially after a hardcore exercise, I mean, not very hardcore kit in comparison to yours level of fitness, but after some strenuous exercise, I'll be like, oh, I didn't even knew I have a muscle right there. Or, you know, I didn't really know that my body can do this. And I feel that generally the human body, it is a such an amazing source of wonder. I actually read the book, The Body, A Guide for Occupants by Bill Bryson. It is amazing book. I mean, it has so many interesting facts about human body. And one, which is, I think, mind-blowing is how much do you think it would cost if scientists were able to build a human being from scratch with all the elements that we are made of? What? I've never even thought that you could pay to build a body. And you don't mean like a robot, you mean like a human. And is this what people are selling pieces of body for on the black market? Or is this an official source? (laughs) No, no, no. Are we buying parts on Amazon or are we getting them from independent retailers? (laughs) Or are we talking like factory made? (laughs) Oh, Kitty, I love your level of wonder. This is very hypothetical question. If we could build a human being from scratch, in a laboratory setting. Wow. I mean, I have no idea. I suppose, like, I think it would be very expensive. Millions. Wow. 96K to be precise. 96,000 pounds. I love that that's so specific. I want to see the itemized billing. (laughs) What's also very interesting about Wonder, and I don't know, you might be surprised by this fact or not, is that studies show that our openness and level of curiosity is declining with our age. I completely understand and relate to that. 100%. I think during this week, I've been disappointed in my inability to just daydream and wonder about things. I think it's because I don't make the space to do it. And I think that's why traveling came into my thought processes quite as much as they did, because there was a time where I haven't done as much traveling as other people. But there was a time where I went away for three months and I went to Japan and Morocco for three months. And I was just daydreaming. I wasn't looking at my phone as much. I wasn't doing any work because I just quit my job. This is before I started the business. 
And I remember talking about my daydreams and I remember being in the sea in Morocco and looking at this person and just thinking about all these different stories that they could be doing. And then I also thought about a trip I did to Berlin and I had four days off from work and I wrote this murder mystery play and all I was doing was wondering about people and I was inspired by the people there thinking about their different lives and just wondering about things. It actually may be a bit sad that I don't make more time to just sit and wonder. And I think it is more wondering than thinking. And I do kind of think daydreaming definitely comes into it for me in the same bracket. I don't know if it does for you, but I was thinking I need to do this more and just sit and daydream. And as always, you need to kind of plan that in your schedule. That is what's required. We need to really have the time to rest and just think and just wonder. Otherwise. We have so many commitments and so many things in front of us that's quite difficult. But additionally, nature is something that can help us to wander more. So again, according to studies, when we are in the nature and we are experiencing some beautiful landscapes and views, sunsets, sunrises, we will feel that sense of wonder. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I live by the sea and I've been going sea swimming, Claudia, all the way through, still going. First of December, went in the sea. And when you're out in the open space of the sea, your brain does allow you to just think and there's no distractions. You can't hold anything. Sometimes I'll even be out there talking to myself because no one can hear. It does sort of being connected to the waves and the movement and the open space. It is something different. It's very important that we think of the sources of wonder in our life and we maybe get closer to that nature or to the moments when we can pause and reflect and really experience more wonder. This week there was really all about wonder and we needed to ask what if questions. How did it go for you? So I didn't write anything down. I kept everything in my head and I feel like what held me back a little bit was creating enough space to take the thought process through some series of events within the what if journey. And actually, I think it's taken me a lot longer to realise how much time it takes or how much I needed to carve out to do this. Because I would sort of say, well, on this walk, I will think about my what if questions and think about what if this happened? I kept going back in time in my own life and thought, well, what if I hadn't gone to secondary school at Cardinal Newman and I hadn't met Leo, who's still my friend now, and I would never have met Hannah. I would never have met this person. I'd have never met you, Claudia. Oh, no! So if I hadn't gone back to Cardinal Newman school, I wouldn't have any of the friends that I have now. So I would sort of go on those what if journeys and I tried to sometimes go down more philosophical routes and when we talked about the dare initially, you had mentioned like, what if the sky wasn't blue? What would that mean? I found those kind of what if questions quite challenging and quite hard. I have actually got into philosophy. I don't think that we would do this podcast if I hadn't been interested in philosophy a couple of years ago and started a WhatsApp group called Philosophy Club because I was quite intimidated by philosophy and thought it was for much more intellectual people. 
but it isn't the case. It's just your own thinking. And actually, any thought you have should be allowed to kind of be brought to the front and explored. And not everything we say needs to be stuff that we mean if we're exploring it in a case of just wondering what if. So that's a lot of where my thought processes were. I actually don't have the long story of what if this kind of more complicated idea was around because I think actually I have to make much more of a considered effort to do that sort of thinking. I love that because my mind also went in two directions. On one hand, I was having this playful daydreaming activities in which I would be thinking, what if I could fly? And then I was like, great, I could sit on a cloud. But, you know, how cold is a cloud? And I started researching how cold is the cloud? What would I be wearing if I would flew to the sky? Kind of really like just be very silly and playful. Yeah, I love that so much. Oh, that's such a sweet little story of you flying to the cloud and being cold. I love that the first thing you thought of was how cold will you be? <laughs> yeah, because I hate cold. So I was very clearly, I needed to kind of know, and you know, if I'm going to fly to that cloud, I need to be ready for it. And I was just playing with it. But then another one, I thought, well, what if? We could take the what if question and apply it to our daily life. In terms of expanding the story of who we are, I know that we might be quite skeptical that our life is not necessarily a movie or a bedtime story. But what if we would approach it like that? Because our brain connects everything that happens to us into a story. And we then tell that story to ourselves internally of who we are and also to other people. If I ask you, who are you? You will tell me a story of you. Wow, yeah. Okay. And that internalized story that we tell to ourselves, it's called narrative identity. And psychologists, as they are, love to analyze everyone and everything around them. They, of course, analyze people patterns in those narrative identities. And they found that if people have empowering stories that are based on the growth mindset of, well, I don't know how to, but I can find out. I haven't learned this yet. I failed now, but I may succeed in the future. Then their level of happiness is much higher than those people who have quite contaminated story patterns, such as, I cannot do this, I will never, I'm bad at, I failed at this, therefore I cannot do this again, I'm never going to. So I was kind of thinking, what if we can take the what if question and start stretching and expanding our narrative story and start thinking, well, what if I can be calm during the interviews? What if I could bake a carrot cake? <laughs> oh my God, this is incredible. So sort of the labels that we put on ourselves of what we are, you can try and switch your mindset and switch the label that you give yourself by just asking, what if I can do that thing that you think that you can't do? Absolutely. And just be playful with it. So I was really trying to do this today. And I don't know if you noticed, before this podcast, we were having a bit of friendly chat as always. And uh, you mentioned some frustrations. And I was like, well, Kitty, what if you can be kind to yourself? 
You did say that to me. <laughs> you haven't spotted it. I was playing Wonder with you. Yeah, and do you know what? It did make me think, yeah, what if I could be kind to myself? Yeah, do you know what, Claudia? That is a revelation. Have you just come up with this yourself? Claudia, you are incredible. <laughs> Narrative psychology, it is something established and there are lots of experts behind it. So I'm not taking any credits here. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. When you were engaging into this week there, how did you feel about your happiness and your life? I actually didn't feel great. I'll be honest, because it made me realise how much more I want to do this sort of thing. Because I think I was thinking about it from like creative output. And I was thinking about our episode on time and how actually you choose to do these things. So when we said, well, maybe you don't say I haven't got time for this, but I've chosen to do A and B. This is now coming up in my priorities list, again, of making time for myself. And it did feel like this sort of activity is for myself and my own kind of exploring what I enjoy or what I think about the world or what I want to put out into the world. And I think it made me realise that I want more of that. So that's good. Actually, in the week, I was just rushing about only making time to do this when I wasn't basically busy with my hands or my eyes. So it was when I was walking or when I was in bed or when I was in the sea was only time when I could find time to do this. So it's good because it's a realisation, but it was also like, oh, I am not making my own time to wonder a priority. Very interesting because I would say you're very harsh on yourself right now because I feel like our entire and happiness podcast is all about the wonder. In every episode, we take a different there and then we wonder what will happen and then something else happens and then we discover and explore all these questions and we discuss them. So I think because of the unhappiness, I have so much wonder in life. And also I perceive you as a very curious person, Kitty, that asks so many different questions and curiosity is part of wonder. So, well, I understand that maybe that was this week, but I think you're also very harsh on yourself there. Oh, what if I couldn't be so harsh on myself? <laughs> what could happen then? How would you feel and what would you do? Well, let's shift it then. So yeah, great. I felt great about wonder. <laughs> yes. Can you please change your answer? Because I have now a studies here lined up that shows the benefits of wonder to happiness and you're kind of ruining the story. <laughs> I think maybe I am being harsh on myself because of the a sort of expectation to sit down and write a whole thing on what if this happened. I didn't achieve that, but I did still wonder. And so, yeah, you're right. I am being harsh on myself. So it's good to realize that wonder is a wonderful thing. Yes, wonder is definitely a wonderful thing. And I'm sorry that maybe you didn't get some of the benefits from the research, but generally wonder is strongly associated with prosocial behavior, such as kindness and friendship and generosity, because when we wonder, we tend to shift our perspective to the things around us. It is also correlated with mental well-being and life satisfaction, simply because if we wonder, then we are much more likely to explore new relationships, new skills, new areas of knowledge. And well, that is very much enriching our life. So the people happiness always go up when they start being curious and they start wondering about certain questions. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. 
Okay, Kitty, you know I like a good quote by the end of the podcast on occasions. Quote, quote, yes. It is about the fact that according to research, the wonder really helps us to gain perspective. So that what if question really expands our perspective and we can go in lots of different scenarios there. And one of my favorite quotes by School of Life is, everything that happens to us or that we do is of no consequence whatsoever from the point of view of Enceladus, the sixth largest moon of Saturn. (laughs) That is amazing. And I thought this is amazing quote of perspective taking that we get so wrapped up in our own selves on so many occasions. But actually, when we expand our perspective, lots of tiny things that happen in our life, maybe they don't matter as much. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And that makes me feel better about the pressures of life because really we are very small and insignificant. So why not think big? If you think so small and insignificant, why not think about every single possibility? Because what could possibly be the harm in that? Absolutely. And the sixth largest moon of Saturn, you know, he's there above you, but not really engaging. (laughs) He doesn't care. So, very exciting because this week you will be listening to two episodes of And Happiness because on Christmas Day, Claudia and I will be bringing you Christmas and Happiness. Yay! Jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle bell, jingle bell rock. (laughs) So, the dare this week, Claudia and I have all week been looking at Christmas and what it really means. If you take away the presents and you take away the family, as a lot of us will have to do this year, what is there left and what is going to bring us happiness at Christmas this year? Absolutely. We're going to dive into some research, some history of Christmas, and also, as always, ask our wonderful friends what Christmas means to them. Oh, I absolutely cannot wait for this. A very unique time, a Christmas like no other, lots to think about. But also, I love Christmas, so I am looking forward to it very much. We both are absolute fans of Christmas, but this episode will be packed with some practical, maybe alternative ideas of what Christmas could mean. Yes, cannot wait. So as a Christmas present to us, please go and follow and happiness official on Instagram. And as a Christmas present to you, you can visit andhappiness.co.uk and download the second 10 top tips from K to you on happiness. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Ching, 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 ching. As always, we dare you to be happy. Bye. Bye. Bye.